MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment Coors Light. Coors Light is cold filtered, cold lagered, and cold packaged. It is literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And finally, we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win a million dollars. That's right, a million dollars on Underdog Fantasy. And finally, please do not forget to download our app. That's right, the SGPN has an app in the App Store and the Google Play Store, so make sure to put SGPN into that little search bar and download it today. Heidi Ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to a historic episode 50 of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Yes, we made it to episode 50. We will dedicate this one to me in high school. I think I wore number 51 year, uh, either in junior basketball or maybe senior basketball. I can't remember. Um, what I do remember is I can assure you that jersey was returned spotless hardly ever even sweat in so um no worries there um who am i i'm jeff fox your host juicy jeff fox i go by now actually i forgot him man uh i'm your host of the first 50 episodes of this and hopefully another 50 to go uh, thank you for everyone who has supported us up to this stage and um like i said hopefully at least another 50 maybe another 50,000 more episodes to go because we're so good at making awesome picks um, and hopefully you're listening to us on our official MMA gambling podcast feed, which will help us keep making pumping two episodes out a week for y'all. So if you're still listening to us on the SGPN feed, if you could find our dedicated feed and subscribe to us there, that would be much appreciated. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm using we again, but it, it's not, uh, it's not a royal we. There actually is a co-host. He's been with me for all 50 episodes. He is my my podcast soulmate. He may have many other partners out there, but he he's my only one. Um, so despite how poorly he treats me and behind my back, I I uh, he's my only podcast podcast. Uh, like I said, soulmate, my one and only. I had some. I think I think I had a really awesome intro made thought up from the other day, but it's totally gone now out of my head. So I don't know what it was. It probably would have been something mean towards him. So he's lucked out. Um, hopefully it will come back to me and I will use it in the future. But all I can say, this man is the prince of the purple belt, the toughest man in the world. Um, the man that I appreciate being my co-host to make my picks look a little less bad, just like this past weekend. He made me look a little less bad. A little less mediocre than, than I was. And that would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Well, well, thanks for the shortened intro. I am going to say two things. First of all, little bummed that you gave this episode number 50 to yourself when such yes. an obvious legend was sitting right there on your doorstep who's worn number 50. 
If David Robinson? That that's good, but you know I always go to the baseball world. That's the number right. Benny Agbayani wore <laughs> in baseball. Oh, of course. How yeah. could I how could I have forgotten that? Mets how legend I... Benny Agbayani. Of course, of course. Um, well, happy happy 50th, honey. We made it to 50. Imagine that. It seems it seems fast. We we got yes. there fast. It's the two a week thing, I think. You got it. Yep, that's what did it. Plus all the fun we're having, of course. Yeah, of course. Your time flies when you're having fun and making uh, awful picks. But you guys come here for the fun, not exactly. the la- not the latter thing I said there, which we won't you're, talk too much about. You're here for the entertainment, obviously, or you would not. We would have no listeners every week because this past weekend I was mediocre, which is basically our promise. But Dan was not even mediocre, <laughs> which happens sometimes. I'm, I'm glad it happened to him. In the words of the funny. great, in the words of the great Gus Johnson, sometimes in MMA these things happen. These things do happen in MMA. I'd say, say constantly, as Sean Sheehan says constantly on the Severe MMA podcast, these things happen in MMA. So, And uh, some things definitely happened this past weekend at UFC Fight Night. Gone, gain, Ganya versus Volkov. Um, a lot of things we didn't predict happened. Um, but once again, we're, we're pretty good, or at least I am uh, good at, at the prelims. Dan was mediocre in the prelims, but then we... Totally, to steal an expression from, I don't know who from, excuse the French, but we crapped the bad, Dan, uh, in the main card. Who, who do you think made up that expression to begin with? Crapped the bed? Well, it, uh, I mean, to shit the bed, because you don't cost yeah. as much as I do. Yeah, I'll, yes. say, I'll say shit the bed for you, so, so that it gets Who made that up, do you think? What do you think of that? That, that would be something worth looking into. Who, I th- I who created probably, these expressions? I think probably a nurse. Right, like, oh yeah, that's maybe, a situation maybe. where like you walked in and you're like, oh man, that dude shit the bed in there. And, yeah, like, yes. That, that seems like a situation where it's because it, it seems bad, but like not bad enough that like we're we're talking about some really serious stuff. Yeah, that's good. Dan actually came up with a good. That's why you people come here, right? Because <laughs> I break down idi- American idiom. Is that, I don't idiom, know, exactly. It's an American idiom, but an idiom. <laughs> yeah, it probably it's got a curse and it. it's got to be American idiom <laughs> at the very least. Um, should we just get right into it? Yeah, let's just get this over with. Like ripping the ripping the bandaid off. Actually, first I'm gonna tell you about Winbet. Then we'll rip that bandaid off. Winbet is bringing the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Jonas promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at Winbet. Get started today and you receive a special offer of up to five hundred dollars. Risks free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com download the app today get on there and bet the suns to finish the series off tomorrow night that that's my betting tip for you um all right this is going to be more painful for Dan than for myself so it, he's got a whole bunch of his bandmate's been on for a few weeks and there's a whole bunch of stuff underneath and we're going to rip rip his off but mine's a clean one so it won't be that bad cuz i was 6 and 6 that's you know that's what we expect. That's what we promise you people. Mediocre picks. So unfortunately, none of the six were underdogs. Um, we kind of we figured this was going to happen eventually. Things reverted back to the uh, meaning as as we expect to happen. With uh, in this case, I'm talking about the underdogs. It was I believe there was only two out of twelve underdogs came through last night. Did you do that math too, Dan, or are you just going to take my word on it? Um, I know Jeremiah Wells and... Who's the other one? Um, the other one was... Timor Valiev. Timor Valiev. Yes, yes, yes. That was it. So, yeah. Um, 
for a while, we were hot with the – well, we weren't hitting all, all of them, but, but uh, underdogs were hot for a few weeks there. But we're getting back to a normal. So a 12-fight car, we probably should have had a normal night. would have would have had about four. So, like I said, we're, we're getting back back to average there. But, unfortunately, I did not hit any of them, and Dan definitely did not hit any of them. Um, I went 6-6, six and six, lost $322. Yeah, that's nothing. Chump changed. Dan went 4-8, and eight, <laughs> lost 639 Ha, 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 ha. Um, but sadly, we both dropped a percentage point in our overall results. I'm down to 54%. Dan's at 52%. But the money. What about the money, right, Dan? What about no, the money? I, I didn't say it. You did. <laughs> uh, 3500 down for me, 3000 down for Dan. I'm still 500 but, bucks. Yeah. That. That's not even just the Monster no, Rock Conejo pick anymore. That, there's, a little, there's a little cushion in there. <laughs> exactly. Um so don't listen to us. Don't bet on every fight, everybody, please, if you haven't learned already. Or at least, you know, you have to have a better strategy than the same amount on every fight and every fight card. So obviously you don't make money that way, as as we've proven. Um, positive from last night, I hit my lock. Shak Rak Rakhmach Nahav. I, I think I combined his first and last name, but um, Rachmanov. Uh, he looked like he was about three weight classes uh, above his opponent last night. He... Um, Towered over him, he won. It was minus 280, so it was a fairly easy one, but I, it, that's what a lock pick's supposed to be in my world. So I had 10 and 5 of my locks, up about 67 bucks. Dan, of course, missed his lock because he seems not to get this. He, he, you tried, actually. You tried the, hey, I'm going to take a, a, a pretty decent uh, favorite, uh, Warley Olivez, minus 240. I was considering him also. That's, you know, should be pretty solid. He's fighting a guy. I'm like, no notice, who's never fought in the UFC before. But Dan, of course, did what we're that idiom we were talking about earlier, and he, <laughs> he lost, and now he's 7-8, and eight, and down 360 bucks almost. So um, so there you have it. Now, you, you told me, um, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with, with the Jeremiah Wells thing. You told me an interesting stat off-air. You actually did some pre-production, so go ahead. Let, let's, uh, let's show off and, and show the people that, that we really care. We put some effort into this. What did you find out about last night, Dan? So I, I thought this was super interesting, and, and maybe my definition of super interesting is less than, than a lot of people's out there. But if you go back on, on June 14th, uh, which is just about two weeks before the event, uh, there were four fighters who were supposed to be on this card that did not wind up fighting. Ed Herman, Sergey Condonzo, Ramazan Amiev, and Maxim Grishin all were supposed to fight on this card. And on June 14th, they were all still on this card. All of them got replaced by replacement-level fighters. Uh, they, they had guys come in and, and take late fights. Um, so Ed Herman was supposed to fight Danilo Marquez. He got replaced by Kennedy Zuchuku. Uh, Nick Dalby was supposed to fight uh, Sergey Condonzo. Sergey Condonzo was replaced by Tim Means. Ramazan Amiev was supposed to fight Warley Alves. Alves instead fought the aforementioned Jeremiah Wells. And Ovin St. Pru, who was supposed to fight Maxim Grishin, of course, fought instead Tanner Boser. So if you look at all four of those guys who had their opponents changed, you will notice one common thread. Danilo Marquez uh, got the shit beat out of him by... Uh, Kennedy Zuchuku, at least in that uh, last and final round. Tim Means beat the hell out of Nicholas Dalby. Uh, Warley Alves got knocked cold by Jeremiah Wells. And Tanner Boser uh, landed a sick knee on Ovin St. Pru. So all four of the guys who were already planning on being on the card all got beat by guys stepping in on late notice, which in three of them by knockout, 
uh, and one just like a pretty savage beating if, if we're being real honest about how Nicholas Dalby performed. So, like, it's really interesting to me that the guys who didn't have the full training camp on this card, and, and again, uh, part of the reason why we took some underdogs here were, were guys stepping in on, on short notice and still being favorites. Uh, and, and it's just crazy to me that all of those guys did that well. Yeah, since the stats say total opposite. 38% is the late replacement uh, win percentage heading into that heading into that event. I haven't updated it with those. So those are probably obviously going to bump it up a little higher, but still it's a very rare occurrence that a, and a replacement per, a fighter steps in and, and wins a fight, let alone destroys their opponent. And it's not like any of these guys really were, were uh, world beaters uh, at the very least. We're talking about, um, we talk about guys on losing streaks, guys who have never fought in the UFC before, um, you know, we're not talking about world beaters by any means, and they um, totally went against the uh, against the odds, against the stats. So, hopefully, that means in the future there's going to be a huge adjustment to the mean once again, and we'll uh, we'll be hitting on uh, betting against all of these all of these late replacement guys. Yeah, and and I would would also just follow up too is is that's usually where we look for underdogs who are being like. Im- inappropriately labeled as underdogs, right? Like that that's part yeah. of the reason why I liked OSP, right? Is that yep. you know Bozer was taking this on short notice, he was gonna be the smaller guy. That you know, it's part of the reason I like Warley Alves so much. You know, like they were some of those guys their lines were really skewed despite the fact the guy was coming in on short notice and it didn't help. No it didn't, but well, um, let's let's go through the card. Um, let's break down where we where we went wrong. But uh, first, I want to tell you about Coors Light. Of course, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you need to do when you need a moment to chill after going four and eight or six and six uh, picking fights? <laughs> you need to chill after that for sure. How do you like to hit the reset button and get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is one I choose when I need to unwind. So once you want to hit reset, forget about all those horrible beats you just took. Uh, Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate responsibly. I'm on a roll. Let, let me tell you about PropSwap Tour at another awesome sponsor of ours. We are brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA Championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair and then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button. And PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a PropSwap customer purchased a Milwaukee Bucks championship future for $150 when they were down one nothing versus the Nets and then resold it for 1000 bucks after the Bucks won game seven. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. So get in there, use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. All right. Uh, postmortem. Time. UFC Fight Night, Gain versus Volkov. UFC Fight Night 190. UFC on ESPN Plus 48. UFC Vegas 30. All those things. Uh, the UFC Apex behind closed doors and no official crowd. Um, main card, actually the only, I think, 
uh, heading into it, we thought this probably was the only one of, of any significance, and it turned out that way too. The only, but it really made a difference when it all is said and done is the heavyweight main event, Zero Gain, divide, or, divide us, thinking that he, this was going to be too much too soon for him and uh, not liking the matchup and thinking he was going to get a prospect loss. No, he, um, very clearly outclassed uh, Alexander Volkov. Um, 50 45, 50 45, 49 46. Um, key thing for me was was just the speed di- differential. He was just way too fast for uh, for Volkov. That's the thing that stood out at least the most for me. How about you? For me, the interesting thing was is that, and the announcers even alluded to this. Like, it it was very clear that like uh, when Volkov could move forward, he he got the better of of Gane, right? Like, and it wasn't very often that he was doing it. But, like, when he moved forward and kind of let his hands go, he seemed to have success. And and I think when we broke down the fight, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think we said that. That's part of what we liked about him is that he's, like, a technical kickboxer who moves forward more than any of other of Surreal Gun's opponents. But I think what we have to reckon with after this fight is that maybe part of the reason why... You know, the, the, yeah, your Rosenstroikes and the Junior Dos Santos and the Tanner Bosers of the world, all of those guys didn't move forward on Surreal Gain. Wasn't because they were afraid of him or um, that they were like washed in that part of their career, but it could just be that like his feints and his footwork make it so that you feel like you can't move forward on him. Um, and, and I think that that was my biggest takeaway of this fight was like, if Volkov is too terrified, like too too unable to move forward, it isn't because he's terrified, right? It's because he just can't find his entry into getting forward. My big takeaway is you just said Cyril Gaines named three last name three different ways in that, in that <laughs> which, which I appreciate. You, you said because Gagne, nobody you said fucking Gaines. knows. Nobody knows know. how to say that dude's name anymore. <laughs> yeah, and you would think like. Like um, watching a telecast of a sporting event, you would be able to trust what the announcers are saying. But I, with the UFC, I don't think you can. Uh, other than the league guys, I guess the league guys are probably good. But but those uh, those clowns that do color commentary, you can't trust those guys. But um, yeah, I, I agree agree totally with what you say. Um, it was a very just a very technical beatdown that you put on um, on Volkov. Um, so it's six and zero oh now um, for Gain. He says he wants to sit out and wait for. In Ganu, um, looking at the rankings, looking at the, my performance rankings that I run on MMA-Manifesto.com, which is the MMA site that I that I run when I'm not doing sports gambling podcast work. Um, this basically done nothing really for for his stock in terms of rankings. He's still solidly in fifth place uh, behind Curtis Blades, Dirk Lewis, Stipe Miocic, and Francis Ngannou. So, what do you think the next step should be for him? Should he, he claims he wants to wait, but like. We don't even know who Ningano's fighting next for sure. Sounds like it's going to be Derek Lewis. Uh, we don't know when it's going to happen. And then there's always the John Jones uh, situation too, who seeming he wants next. So you could be like third in line if if you want to wait for uh, wait for a, a title shot. So you could be waiting over a year. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance he waits for a title shot. He's going to need another win. I think the only answer to this scenario is Stipe. Uh, I think Stipe is the only one who makes sense. Um, yeah. Because like, you know, not for anything. You know, I, I really like Curtis Blades. I've always been a Curtis Blades fan. 
He's had a couple of losses in a row. You know, the rumor out there is that he's got one fight left on his contract. If I'm not mistaken, they just booked him too, right? Um, was it with... I think so. Uh, Shamil Abdurakihimov, maybe? Let's um, see. Entrance checking for you. I think it's Shamil Abdurakihimov. Um, you, you just want to show off that you can say his name. Oh, you no, no, no. You know what? It's with Yair Rosenstrike. It's with Yair Rosenstrike. Yeah. It is. Um, uh, so like, UFC 266. Yeah, so they, they've already booked him for his last fight. And, and if he gets beat there by Yair Rosenstrike, they don't renew his contract. And, and even if he wins, maybe they don't. So, like, I yeah. mean, like, that would be another decent fight here for, for Gain. And, and maybe he even. Nah, he probably wouldn't take a, a fight on short notice. But like, if one of those dropped out, he could he could jump in Rosenstrike's position and go beat uh, Blades. But yeah, I, I think the only fight that gets him closer to the title shot and keeps him from like waiting in some weird nebulous spot where he probably doesn't get the title shot at the end of the day anyway is going and beating Stipe. So yeah, I, I say sign him up to fight Stipe sometime at the end of the year. That way, uh, Francis can do what he has to do with with the other two first. I, I've been sent odds today for if Nganu and Gain fight. What do you think the opening odds are from oh, this unnamed, you know, unnamed gonna, book? I'm going to spoil you on this one. I actually oh, have really? seen these because um, I saw uh, Francis was like negative 170, negative 180. Yeah, he's around there, yeah. It yeah. was uh, Actually, yeah, the, when they sent it to me, it was minus 160 plus 165, but I think it's it's gone down a bit since then, but yeah. So you uh, you nailed it, Dan. Amazing, you nailed it. So yeah, um, I saw those got posted a lot, and it was weird to me because like, for, it's weird for me for two reasons. Number one, he's clearly not the next opponent, so posting the odds right. seemed like a weird move. And number two, like the the times when those books send you those odds, right? Because they I get them too in my inbox, and like uh, I usually I just delete them because I'm like I don't care about a fight that's going to happen a long ways off. Uh, I don't even open them. But, like, the other weird thing about it is, is, like, most of the time they're, like, fights that generate a high level of interest, right? Like, it's right after, you know, Connor beat Nate Diaz the second time, and all of a sudden we've got odds on him fighting, you know, somebody else who's a big name. And, you know, or right after, you know, the BMF title went to Masvidal, his odds versus Usman. Is there, like, a big – is there big fanfare behind Surreal Gain fighting – Francis, like this, this doesn't feel like, like maybe I'm just in the minority here. I'm not crazy jazzed for that fight. No, no, no one cared about the event last night, at least in terms of traffic and stuff. I know it was a busy night for combat sports and, and otherwise, but yeah, no one really cares. Um, I'm getting more Andre Feely traffic than than zero gain traffic. Yeah, that, for, that's, for not that surpri- sport, that's not surprising. That's not surprising to me at all. Yeah, like like he he was he looked way better and was like way more active on the feet and uh like yeah like yeah like I don't mean to be mean but like the last two performances from surreal gain have shown two things number one he is an absolutely incredible talent probably capable of holding the heavyweight title and number two nobody is gonna fucking want to watch him at all except for hardcores who understand just how talented he is and it's a very small subsect of people who like appreciate the technical aspects of what he's doing and what makes him so good and don't just want to see sloppy ass heavyweight slobber knockers um which is what the majority of fans and even some people like me would rather see so you're what you're saying is you hate french people dan 
No, I love. Well, does does Francis count as a French guy? No, he's, yeah, he's exactly. Cameroonian, yeah. but yeah, I guess but still, he's not you're really crapping on all the French fighters. Dan. And I was almost I like just his... gonna, I was almost just gonna say, I also like Nasuradim Imovov, but I'm pretty sure he was born in Russia and now lives in France. See? I gotta think of. See? I like Faris Zaim. All right, fine. <laughs> I, 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 that's that's hardly a French name, Dan. <laughs> Far, hardly Faris. <laughs> Fares, I guess it is, yeah. Um, like the uh, TriStar dude. Um, Fares Zahabi, right. that, that's slightly yes. different, there right? Go. There you go. Um, so, anything else to say? I don't think we have anything else to say about the main event. It, no, it was what it was. What it was. I think you missed a key segue, though. You're usually on with your segues. I said oh, I like big, was. sloppy, heavyweight All slobber right. knockers, and the, the next fight, fight just happens to be... <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, it, it was it was big and sloppy and ended controversially controversially because you can't uh, trust Canadians, which I've told you before. And if I picked Tanner Boser, he would have lost. But it's, and I didn't pick my fellow Canadian Tanner Boser, so he won. That's the way it works. Um, he knocked out Ovint St. Prue. Some people claim there was a fence grab, um, but I th- think on replay it showed that he didn't grab the fence. Isn't that right? I don't. I, I don't think. I didn't think he did. First of all, on the first right. take, it looked like he put his his fist against the fence. Right. But there was no finger extension. Now he he may have done something where he like used his knuckles in the fence, but I, I'm not sure it was anything you could you could possibly talk about being illegal. Right. Um. So clean win then is how you're summing absolutely. this one up. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So he has a future still then, I guess. Eh. This was a, um, uh, probably the big, biggest win of his career, possibly. It's definitely the biggest win of his career. But, like, here's the other thing. I, I will say this about Tanner Bolser, and, and I stand by, you know, I, I stood by my analysis of Volkov, and I'm going to stand by my analysis of St. Prue. I, I just think, in general, of Tanner Bolser, he is going to have trouble with guys who are way bigger and way longer than him in this division who strike with any level of confidence. Um, like, you know, like, Put him in there with Volkov, right? And, like, he's going to get killed, right? Like, so does he have a future in the division? Yes, it's great that he's going to stick around because he is fun to watch. I'll, I'll give you that. He's fun to watch. He's fun to hear on the mic. You know, he, he's just like a gr- – and he's also, like, a super nice guy. He's excellent to be in the UFC. But, like, as far as, like, having what we talk about, like, a top 10 or a top 5 future – there is a ceiling to what you can do when you're six foot one at heavyweight, right? Like there's not tons of six foot one guys with short arms and not maxing out at 265 who are making any kind of noise in this division. So, you know, like, yes, OSP looked absolutely terrified to throw any punches. I think he threw maybe five in the whole first round um, and, and eventually got the takedown that he would have needed to win the fight and, and couldn't hold him down. So, uh, but I, I think that's going to happen more often than not to Tanner Boser here in a way where he won't be able to recover. So, yes, future in the sport and in, in the division for sure. Promising future. I'm going to hold off on saying yes on that. So he doesn't have to worry about going back, driving trucks to oil fields at any time soon, which is the perfect job for that guy. Um, I, that I'm, looks like that, driving I'm, oil trucks. I'm going to say he doesn't have to worry about that, but it might make him more money than what the UFC will probably yeah. pay him most of the time. Yeah, yeah he's probably making about, well, what did I estimate? On MMA-Manifesto.com, I think he made 
he's probably he got a new contract, so he's probably up to about thirty and thirty per fight. So, which is you know heavyweight, there's the potential is there though. If you stick around long enough, you can make right. Even if you're even if you're middling, uh, you can make uh, real good money at heavyweight. But but you gotta basically put your life uh, <laughs> you're risking your life every night you walk in the cage, except against OSP. Who what was his deal last night? He is he at the age? that fighters get at where they can't pull the trigger anymore, which we see time and time again when guys stick around too long. I didn't think he was shop-worn, but he just could not pull the trigger last night, which is usually a, a warning sign. Yeah, that that OSP that I saw in the cage yesterday, I, I'm not sure there's a heavyweight I would have picked to lose to that version of OSP. And, and I mean any heavyweight. Like, I, I would have taken... Uh, just about anybody who's on roster to beat OSP last night if he fought that way. Because um, with the exception of the one takedown he got, like, he, he did nothing. Um, he didn't look like he wanted to throw strikes. He didn't pressure well. Like, I mean, it was a very bad version of OSP. It was almost like he was the guy that just stepped in on a couple of days' notice and took this fight, and he wasn't wasn't even, you know, training for a fight uh, the way he acted. So... His resume, he's lost two straight. He's won one out of his last four. Uh, he's won two out of his last one, two, three, four, five, six, two out of his last seven. Um, and then what? Um, four out of ten. So yeah, n- not very good at all. Um, and he, he makes these, I think he's making about a hundred grand, hundred and a hundred per fight. So he, uh, he, he, I doubt they're going to cut him after this. Maybe they will though, because it was it was a pretty bad performance. So but he better he may be driving trucks to oil fields soon if he doesn't uh, pull a nose up here. Um, so we got both those fights wrong. We got the next fight wrong also. Bantamweights. Timur Valiev uh, beat Honi Haoni Barcelos. I was calling him Raoni probably last last episode, but I forgot he's Brazilian. So it's an H. The R is an H. Um, anyhow, he won a. Majority decision. I didn't realize that um, that that the um, the one one judge ruled it a draw, and then the other two had it uh, Valley of twenty nine twenty eight. There wasn't a whole lot of. I guess there wasn't a whole lot of decisions uh, last night uh, compared to previous events, but there wasn't a whole bunch of um, questionable calls. Um, this was this decisions. was one. This was one of them. Like, yeah, like, so I was going to ask you that. They, they botched this one hard. Everybody, but uh, I believe it was because uh, I've looked already at the anime decisions. I think it was Mike Bell was the one who got it right. Um, there, there's no way this was anything other than a draw. Uh, anybody who scored this fight anything other than a draw was wrong. Uh, Barcelos a thousand percent deserved a ten eight second round and he lost the other two ten nine. Um like you you can't come close that close to knocking somebody out two or three like if the ref stepped in and stopped that fight at like three different points in that second round, nobody would have had any truck problems with the stoppage, except for maybe Timor Valiev. And even he might not have come too quick enough to really complain. Like th- that was one of the most clear ten eight rounds I've seen in some time. And for only one judge to see it that way was kind of shitty. Because I'll be honest, I thought for sure we had a push here. Um, And this paired with the next one, which we'll talk about in a second, just like ultimate bad luck. Yeah, we we was robbed, Dan. We was robbed. I was thinking we we could complain about the fence grab also, but it turned out not to be a fence grab uh, after the fact. So, yeah, uh, we were robbed here. The next fight, we were robbed also with the accidental eye poke. Uh, Andre Feely was uh, touchy, was doing more than touching Daniel Pinata. He was um, he was uh, knocking about like a pinata, pinata, pinata. Uh, 
Um, he, he had him on skates. He had him close to finishing him a bunch of times before he put his eyes in his eyeball in the second round and ended the fight. Unfortunately, it wasn't past the halfway point of the second round, so it was a no contest instead of a clear decision win for Mr. Feely. And the, so basically a push for us. So we have lost, lost, lost push so far in our in the top four fights. Yeah, and, and I would say th- this was such an easy win for Feely. Like, Feely looked great in there. Um, and and I, I think that's what you, you said he was getting more traffic than Surreal Gain. I, I think this is why, right? Like, he looked so good in there. Yep. He, uh, he looked very good in there. But uh, alas, um, we did win that one. And Dan kept his hot streak going here. So Dan went loss, 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 push, loss again in the next. You got. The whole main no, you got one fight right in the main card. Um, I, I thought you went over on the main card, but no, you're lucky for you. It was a six fight main card. If it was only your normal five fight main card, Dan would have gone over because um, it was welterweight Tim Means versus Nicholas Dalby. I correctly picked Means to win. Uh, he won a slobber knocker, looked quite good in it. Uh, 29-28, 29-28, 29-28 over Nicholas Dalby. Cut him up, just dirty bird. Basically fought like someone you would expect to have a nickname, Dirty Bird, basically. Yeah, and, and the the crazy thing for me here was how much sharper and better head movement he had than Dalby. Because, um, like, you know, like he's always been kind of like a scrapper and getting a dirty fight and, like, just be, you know, like, I, I mean, like, look back to his fight with, with Daniel Rodriguez, which is kind of my, my point of comparison here. I, I thought he was just going to get dirty, you know, to, to steal a piece of his nickname there and just throw wildly in the pocket. And and I thought that kind of fight favored Dolby, but he actually avoided a lot of what Dolby threw really well. Like his defense took a huge uptick in this fight. Yep. Yeah, he's he's on a nice little run here. What three straight three straight wins, I think. That makes it for him. Um he doesn't hasn't really moved up much in my rankings because he hasn't been fighting the greatest fighters and finishing people. But what about um, Mike Perry? He beat Mike yeah, Perry. Like I said, <laughs> case in point, yeah, he uh and Nicholas Dalby's not a world beater to to overuse that expression this this episode, but um, it's still uh, any kind of win streak's nice. It, it gets it gets your basically the way most of these contracts work is uh, every time you win, your next purse is higher. So it, it you know it's getting more money in his pocket, which is uh, the name of the game in the end. So nice win for him. Plus it helped me uh, help ensure that I was going to beat Dan on the night. So I was happy happy with that. So. Um, I finally got a W, and then the next fight, um, we got a W2 lightweights. Hanano Moicano, um, it basically went the way we expected over Jai Herbert. He um, grappled him to death and ended up choking him out. Yeah, and, and I think this is the Moicano I'm really interested to see at lightweight because it's like, man, it's kind of like a, a version of Charles Oliveira. And I'm not trying to oversell him, but like the Hanato Moicano who has very efficient striking, but is kind of a fucking beast on the ground, which I, I think he forgot about for a really long time, just how good he was on the ground. And yeah, he got knocked out by Rafael Fiziev, but like the the two fights he's won at lightweight so far was Demir Hadzevic, who who won earlier on the night, and Jai Herber. In both of those, he looked absolutely dominant on the ground. So I, I'm really interested to see what other guys in this lightweight division he can do that too, because I think the number is probably higher than some people would even realize. Yeah, he's he's kind of got his career back on track too over the past few fights. That's what two out of three. Um, 
so he's only won uh, two out of his past five. So this uh, and and two of them came in those last three fights. So um, ha- had a nice little little run here. Hopefully he can keep it going against some uh, tougher competition. Um, do you think Jai Herbert gets another crack at it? He's he's been given a tough a tough start to his UFC career. Like, who he he had someone. Who did he have in his first fight? Oh, um, Trinaldo, Trinaldo, right? Francisco Trinaldo yeah. in his debut. Yeah, so, so yeah, Trinaldo and Moicano is a tough start. Yeah. I've got to imagine he gets one more, but, man, if he he's looked kind of like a fish out of water in both of those ones. And they did yeah. release um, Reese McKee after kind right. of a similar right. type run. They're, they're both cage warrior guys. Uh, I don't want to say that they should fire him because I'd love to see him get one more, but yeah, it, it doesn't look good. No. Uh, so that concludes the main card, which was a just a hot mess for Dan. Um, just a hot, hot mess. Um, but what isn't a hot mess is our friends are back as a sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. For a free $25, you can use that $25 to enter the Best Ball Mania 2 uh, tournament they have going on. First place in this Best Ball Mania 2 gets a million dollars. I've missed saying that, but now I can say it again. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at a million dollars. Drafts are happening constantly. And it's not just the NFL. They also have NBA and MLB and much more. So go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN for your chance to win a million dollars. And also... um while you're on the webs, the interwebs, make sure you go and grab the SGPN app if you haven't already. We do have our own app now, and it is live in the App Store or Google Play Store. Uh, the app gives you easy access to all our picks, all our podcasts. You get notifications every time there's a podcast. We have contests on there. We have odds, like live odds on there. All our sportsbook promos are on there, and you can also get access to the main site to read our articles that we write and I help edit. So, and if you could, don't forget to toss us an app review and download our app today, please, and thank you. That's SGPN. All right, so um, prelim's a bit better for you, Dan. You you are a prelim primer picker, so not surprising. Um, but, of course, we have to start off with an L. Uh, Kennedy Zichukwu uh, knocked out Danilo Marquez, as Dan mentioned. Marquez, um, he was wearing Marquez as a backpack for the whole first round, so I thought, hey, this is looking good for us, but... It did not turn out that way. Zichuku is kind of a, a scary dude when he when he starts throwing. Yeah, well, not only is he a scary dude when he starts throwing, he is a scary dude in the late parts of the fight. Because I don't know if you remember yeah. his last fight too. He he fought highly touted Carlos Alberg. Yep. Got the hell beat out of him early. I, if if I'm not, I gotta I gotta get the intern on this one because Fight Metric had the numbers and I looked last time for Carlos Alberg in that fight and. Uh, he landed, and it was only a two-round fight, right? Like, he got knocked right, out in the second. Yeah. Olberg landed some ungodly amount. Yeah, he landed 146 strikes in those two rounds, which is Wild. just insane. And it brings his strikes landed per minute to 15 strikes per minute, which means he lands a punch every four seconds. And that's brought down a little bit by his... Uh, by his contender series thing. So, like, Zuchugu may take damage better than just about any light heavyweight I've ever seen before and fight adversity better. And, man, a couple of freaking awesome comeback wins for the guy. And and you got to love it. You know, like, he's, like, the only guy from Fortis I've ever picked against. So uh, I'm glad he won. Yeah, we got to stop doing that. 
Well, we got to stop doing that. You, um, you can't pick against four of these guys. You, you got to no, know better man. than that. Exactly. So he, um, yeah, he, he's on. He lost to Paul Craig in his debut, which is um, looking better by the day. Um, yeah. And then, then he Darko Stosic he beat. Um, that was a weird one though. There were like yeah. hundred uh, dick, dick kicks in that fight. Yeah. yeah. Dan Pry Dan Pry has tons of um, photos and and uh, gifts and videos you, you of that I, fight on your phone, don't you? You know, I was live at that fight, right? I was sitting. Oh. Cage, I was sitting cage side covering those fights. You must have <laughs> loved seeing all the all that dirty, horrible action. You're like, you like you probably couldn't wait to get that on your phone, right? <laughs> I couldn't have well, I couldn't have it on my phone because I I wasn't uh, I wasn't there to take pictures. But yes, um, yeah, whatever. I was enjoying myself. <laughs> yes, and then we he then he knocked out Carlos Alberg as you mentioned. Then he knocked out Danilo Marquez. So um, yeah, he, he's he's got uh, he's got a future. And plus, with with the fight team that he has in his corner, it's uh, very impressive. It's not like the guys he's knocked out have been knocked out a lot either. Uh, I, Looks like Marquez and Alberg had only been not finished once before in their careers, and he he both finished them. So anyhow, um, and we're talking about a, a light um, light, as in not a whole lot of bodies or talent in light heavyweight. So I remember when I did my uh, did my updated my rankings this morning. He jumps. He's uh, he being Zichuku has jumped way up because he's got finishes and stuff. He is up in the he's like in the top fifteen now at this point. Or, or right around there. Um, so that's very, very uh, interesting um, prospect here for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's – and the other thing too is is just being as young as he is because he is only 29, which is kind of young for this right. division. And, and yeah. not just young age-wise, but like young in the sport too, right? Like he, he only started fighting professionally in 2016, so he's got like – four and a half years of experience. Like there, there's a lot of growth we could still see out of him. Um, and, you know, he hasn't taken a ton of damage. You know, that one loss to Paul Craig being the only loss. Yeah. I, I think that we're going to see good things out of Kennedy's Juku. Uh, I think the same about the next guy. We already have seen good things about she- uh, from Shavkat Rachmanov. Um, he finished off via submission, Michelle Prezeris, who I, think he's never been finished before isn't that correct that is correct yeah. yeah he's never been finished. it helped that he was what two and a half feet taller than him it looked like when they uh were in the cage it was yeah, insane it seemed, how, how it seemed like more than seven inches that's for damn sure yeah exactly um he where's uh Rachmanov from he's from one of the stands isn't he, he? well so they, <laughs> they, he's from he's from Kazakhstan uh just, Kazakhstan, like, just okay. like Borat but uh they right. did say he was born on, on the broadcast they said he was born in Uzbekistan but to uh two parents from Kazakhstan and then he lived his life okay. in Kazakhstan so I'm not sure the circumstances but he is he the flag he waves behind himself as he comes out is from Kazakhstan there you are. I, I knew he was, like I said, from one of the stands. So um, as I was alluding to earlier, um, he's jumped way up in my rankings, well to eight rankings. Actually, I wasn't alluding uh, to that. It was uh, Zuchuku, but he has jumped way up. After two fights, he's already in knocking on the top ten. He's like, it looks like he, he's number 11, which is, I, I know he's not going to be that high in the official rankings, but he uh, he looks like he's, he's headed somewhere, this guy. Yeah, I think, and not just because, you know, the the metrics look good and the fact that he's got finishes look good, but, like, look at who he finished, too. Like, his first two fights, you know, we were just talking about Jai Herbert should get another chance because he fought Moicano and Trinaldo. 
Shavkat Rachmanov just fought Michelle Prezerish, and he fought Cowboy Oliveira before that. Like, that, that's not even a, yep. a big step down from what Jai Herbert did. And not only did he win both of those, he subbed both of those guys in dominant fashion. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I was high on Shavkat Rachmanov before the fight. I'm even higher on him now. I, I think he is probably, like, and, and I said it on the show last week, my second favorite welterweight prospect right now behind Sean Brady. Right, and it's it's a very what's well, it's a very deep, deep division. Um, most pro athletes, if they cut weight, end up being a well trade. Other than your massive NBA or, or NFL guys, so not a surprise that most you know average muscular guys, if they cut down, they're right in this weight class. So not really a surprise that there's so many killers in the class, but it's also very very deep weight class. So hopefully this will um, allow him to keep progressing slowly up the ladder. Uh, like you said, he's already been given a couple of tough fights, but I'm hoping they don't throw him into the deep end, uh, deep end yet. Heck, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page yet. So come on. Um, so hopefully, you know, he, he gets some nice undercard fights uh, under, under his belt some more. And, and we build a, a real solid contender here. Yeah. I think, uh, man, I, I don't know if I want to slow play him though. I, I think. I oh, want really? To, I, yeah. Like, <laughs> and if you look at the welterweight rankings too, like, I think there are guys right on the edge of the top 15 or even in the top 15 that, that I think it would be fun to watch him fight right now. You know, like, man, I would watch him fight Muslim Salikov, and I'm not sure I would take Muslim Salikov in that fight. I mean, I, I would take him against Li Jingliang, right? Like, would you not take him against Li Jingliang? Uh, yeah, probably. Or even, like, just I mean, I don't mean to be mean to Jeff Neal because I love Jeff Neal, but, like, I think I'd take Shavkat Rachmanov over Jeff Neal. I mean, you at least have to think about it, right? It, the size and just the all-around game, too. Yeah, like, like yeah, he, he can take it anywhere. So, at the very least, you're considering taking him over a top-10 UFC guy right now. I, I don't know how slow we have to play that. All right. There you go, uh, Bookers. We, Dan's giving you the green light. Go ahead. Uh, push him to the moon. How about the, the next welterweight, Jeremiah Wells? Um, he, dest- he destroyed Warley Alves. Like, from the... Second the bell rang, basically, uh, other than getting in some trouble on the ground. He just ran him over and um, looked like the madman that, that we, we heard he was and that you said that he was and knocked him cold in the second round. How was that for a debut? Um, yeah, it was a good one. I would say uh, there were things I liked about his debut and things I didn't like. So uh, I'll start with the things that I didn't like. Now we can end on the things that I liked. I said at the in the breakdown that I liked Worley Alves because it seemed like Jeremiah Wells is just kind of a wild man when I watched him. He did nothing to deter me from that that uh, initial impression. He, he still looks like a wild man. He still kind of looks like somebody who's going to get hurt um, in there a couple of times with that wild status, especially at welterweight, right? Like, he, he went in there and beat Worley Alves. So you want to, you know, get the stock while it's high. But here's the question, like, would you even let him anywhere near a cage with Shavkat Rachmanov right now? No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. So, like, that wildness really has to come down. Here's the other thing I will say that is good, though. Man, man, do I love the fact that he can also wrestle a little bit, which I hadn't seen on a lot of his regional fights. Him taking Morley Alves down was like, oh, he's like a Daniel Gracie guy, exactly like I was hoping he would be a little bit. Because now there are, 
you know, like there's a stable of Daniel Gracie guys right now who are really up and coming and, and turning into a real big deal. And I, I think like he showed that he has some of that same game as the other guys, along with some like wild, crazy striking, but hopefully he can get that under wraps and just use the power along with the wrestling and, and maybe turn into something that's a pretty good prospect. Yeah, but mostly screw him because he, he screwed up her pick. So <laughs> um, basically is what Dan's saying. Uh, that, that's that's the number one thing we didn't like about that performance is that we uh, we picked against it. We could have made some decent money on him as a as a dog. Um, moving on, Marcin Prachnio, um body kicked Ike Villanueva out of there, which I predicted, of course. Maybe not the kick. Maybe not the body kick part, but I got this one right. Dan got this one wrong. So, um, you know, just – Big guys. Basically, you had the breakdown of it perfectly right. Uh, Prostio's kept dipping his head, closing his eyes, getting lit up, but he hits hard also and, and got Villain to wave out of there. But your, um, your, basically, your breakdown of the fight was perfect, just not the outcome. Yeah, well, and, and I said too that I, I just thought that, that Prochnio gets too wild, and he did. Yeah. And then he came out in the second round a little bit more measured, and he's like, I'm just going to throw every one of these wild winging strikes that I keep throwing to the body instead. Like, instead of throwing them to the head, I'll throw them to the body. I'm going to stop kicking his leg, which was working in the first round, and I'm just going to kick his body instead and see what happens. Yeah. And it, he did that a bunch of times, and, it, hey, it worked for him. So props to him. I, I, I'll give you this, though. Are you any higher on Marcin Procneo after that performance than you were already? No, no, no. No, like I, I, <laughs> no, I walked away I wasn't high on with, yeah, so. I was low on him to begin with, and I still think you put him in there with Kennedy Zuchuku or any other light heavyweight with, you know, a win or two under their belt, and I think they all wallop him. Yep, very true. Uh, um, Julia Villa, the Raging Panda, got herself a submission victory in the final frame with, what, 41 seconds left over the other Julia, Julia Stolyrenko, who made it to the fight safely this time, which was nice, but... uh Good performance by by Avila. It looked like she shored up some of her wrestling weaknesses, which uh, poked his head out last fight, and she uh, she looked looked good in there. Yeah, I thought she looked good in there too. I'm going to ask you a question and see because maybe you don't know, or maybe you're not looking at it right now. Do you know who won the bonuses for these fights? I do. Yeah, I yeah because I I do write ups on it and stuff. So yes, I, I know who won it, but yeah, I'm surprised that she didn't get it for the submission. And I'm surprised that, um, Jeremiah Wells didn't get one. Jeremiah Wells should have got it. Yeah. I, I would have liked people. You like seeing people lower on the car get it because they aren't making much money to begin well, with. Well, but. I'll say this too. If, if those two weren't going to get it, the other one who I, I had contemplating possibly winning it were Tanner Boser and Shavkat Rachmanov. Yeah. And so, like, we have that list of four, and none of them got it. And, and like, no offense yeah. to Kennedy Zuchuku, because I, I did like his performance, but did, did, did Danilo Marquez ever even fall down in that fight? Like, he was, yeah. he was standing when that, that fight ended, right? Like, yeah, that was that was a strange bonus. Um, Merchant Prachino got it, which is cool. Uh, yeah, body that, kick, he, he, body he, kick KOs are cool. Yeah, yeah, I guess um, I guess that 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 for its novelty can win, but like, the, yeah. The Zuchuku one, and I love Zuchuku, like, a very weird call. Yeah. And then the final the night was Valia versus uh, Barcelos. Do you agree with that also? I had it or be- not? I had it between that one and Medeiros Hadzevic, which we'll talk about in a bit. Cause, right. Because that one was really fun, too. Yeah. Avila, yeah. Avila could have got um, could have got herself a bonus there for sure. Um, but, alas, she didn't. Um, but she got herself a W, which is nice. Uh 
Charles Rosa beat Justin Janes, who um, apparently bet all his purse on himself and lost. So that's lesson to all you degenerates. Do not gamble. It's it's uh, only for losers. Um, losers only. Losers are gamblers. Gamblers are losers or something like that. But anyhow, Justin Janes lost all of his money because he bet everything, his full purse on himself, and he lost his split decision uh, against Charles Rossi. Uh, you know, he, he was game, but this was another – this was one of those wacky scorecards. Uh, someone had Rosa 30-27, so one judge had him win in all three rounds. Another judge had him 29-28, so they have him winning two rounds. And then another judge had him winning one round. They had Justin James winning two rounds. So that's that's a wacky scorecard. How did yeah. you score that one? I, I think I gave two to Rosa in the – was it the third to James? Now now my memory's not serving me well. But like, yeah, I think I was 2-1. I can't remember which rounds. I, I, would, yeah. say, I would say emphatically that a – Three to nothing scorecard for uh, Charles Rosa is is first of all it's bad, but it's way yeah. better than the twenty nine twenty eight Jane's one. Like yeah. there, there's no way Jane's won that one. Also, I'm just looking now at MMA decisions, or the intern is rather uh, thirty to twenty seven for Charles Rosa. Do you want to guess the uh, the judge on that one? Oh, there, there's too many bad judges to get to pick oh, from. It's so the worst. It's the worst one. Douglas Crosby is the worst one. Oh, no, no, no. You're forgetting our old friend Adelaide Bird. <laughs> Adelaide Bird. The came out of my mouth was going to be Adelaide Bird. There you go. Yeah. The old boxing judge, she right? She showed up and uh, decided that Charles Rosa won every round. So it's a bad uh, scorecard, but it's not as bad as the one that went the other way. Yeah. Um, but we're not complaining because we, yeah, I sh- uh, I'm bearing the lead here. We won on those these past two uh, picks. Avila and Rosa, we both had. I also had Prachino, so I had... Things were looking looking good for me. Um, we whiffed on the one we're going to talk about now to start things off, and then you got two straight, I got three straight. I thought, okay, it's going to be a good night. Um, and then, you know, the wheels fell off when we got to the main card. Um, yeah, and the loser leaves home match, I, I had uh, dubbed it. Uh, Demir Hadzovic, um surprised us and beat Yancy Medeiros. It, once again, you had it broken down correctly, right, that it was going to be a uh, – uh, Medeiros was going to bait him into a slugfest, which it was, but Hadzovic actually came out on top in it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I do think while, while you're giving me credit to break it down, and I'll take that credit uh, all the time, the the thing that was definitely wrong on my part is that that was an easy situation for Yancey to win. Because actually, I, I think he looked better in the moments that weren't a crazy brawl. Right, like he actually looked better in the moments where he was like picking his spots, um, and, and like it is what it is. But like, yeah, he he's just sort of a guy who used to be able to get in wars and win those with toughness, and now he's just run into enough tough guys that he, what has he lost? Is he lost four in a row? Yes, he has. Yeah, his his chin chin was still there. He was getting rocked, but yeah, that's four in a row. So it may be the end of Yancey Medeiros. But then once again, he's one of those uh, let it bleed guys. So um, just bleed guys. So maybe they'll they'll keep him around. Yeah, but his overall record in the UFC is pretty terrible too, isn't it? Not. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me see what we had. Actually, yes. Uh, the intern is going to check right now. Oh. It, well, losing lose, losing four straight is actually not going to do you uh, any good, no matter what your record was before then. He is he was nine and zero heading into the UFC, which is sh- surprising. He's now fifteen and eight, so he went he's gone six eight and one in the UFC. Yeah, so so like, man, even the four in a row is while it's bad. Like 
the rest of the record doesn't save him much either. No, no. Every uh, I think every episode we're, we're pretty much uh, firing people, aren't we? They should uh, they should hire hire us to fire people. We um, we seem to be um, picking people off left and right here. So um, that wraps up that card where we we weren't very good at picking off winners, but. Hopefully no one out there actually takes us seriously and, and follows our advice and, and bets on, on what we say to bet on because you're broke if you do. Um, so we're actually having a, an off week next week, which is very strange. We're going to have to come up with content for the next two podcasts, which is odd. Um, that uh, My number one uh, nemesis had threatened to come on episode 50, but I think since we um, – since he got a Nintendo Switch for for uh, for uh, his end of school present, I, I think uh, it's it's um, occupied him enough that he's not bugging to be on the show anymore. Maybe maybe we'll get him on uh, if we're if we're dying for um, for topics to cover in fifty one fifty two. Maybe we'll get on those episodes. But yeah, they're taking a week off to reset before uh, Hurricane Connor touches down again uh, in the desert. Uh, UFC two sixty four is the next event on the UFC docket. July the 10th uh, from the T-Mobile Arena, we got Poye versus McGregor, part three at the top. Gilbert Burns, Stephen Thompson, Taitui Vasa, Greg Hardy, Irene Aldana, Yana Kuniskaya, Sean O'Malley, Luis Smolka. Not a heck, not a pay-per-view worthy um, main card, eh? Um, you know, you say that I, I think Irina Aldana versus Yana Kuniskaya is a super fun fight. Yeah, um, and, and I also think if if Yana Kunitskaya wins that, she's probably not far away from a title shot. Um, which, granted, there's not a ton in that division right now, but you got to remember she's coming off of beating the hell out of Julia Stoliarenko and then beating Ketlin Vierda, who's who's a pretty you know tough one too. So I think think she's probably close. Sean O'Malley is always going to do well in a pay per view, and and I think they probably feel the same way about Greg Hardy. So like. Yeah, while those two matchups are more underwhelming, uh, I get why they're on there. And then the co-main event is just an absolute firefight yeah. that I could not be more excited about. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Burns Thompson should should be good. So, um, but they don't pack these cards because they don't need to. Because Conor McGregor's on there and he's he's eating up all, all their budget also. So they don't want to uh, have to um, give out more pay-per-view money to other people. So it makes sense. People are going to watch it because of the. The top fight, um, or casuals are going to watch it for the top fight. Um, degenerates like us will watch every fight on every card, regardless. Um, speaking of that, let, let's see how much of a uh, how much of um, he's he's uh, shown us in the past that he watches pretty much all MMA. Um, who? Oh, I got a hoof from him. Before. Well, I, did you watch? It did you watch like you were going to test me, so yeah. yeah no, no, a little no. bit worried no, about that. That's, so. that's, Pretty much, we'll be doing that 51 and 52 when we have no topics topics to talk about. Did you watch PFL last week, Dan? I, I did watch PFL, but mostly just because I wanted to see Kayla Harrison. and yeah. um, She delivered. She delivered, as usual. But I would also say I, I not only wanted to see Kayla Harrison, I, I do like Cindy Danzwa. Um, she, she's kind of like a – if you follow, like, the early origins of, like, women in MMA, she's, like – I won't say she's like a godfather of or godmother of women's MMA because she's not old, quite old enough to be that. But she's like part of that like Roxanne Modafari early tier of like women making their their name in in MMA. So like I've kind of got a sweet spot for her for that reason. So I was kind of hoping she put up a better fight, um, but I would have tuned in just to watch her even. Yeah. 
Um, and then uh, Anthony Pettis lost again too, which is not not what the PFL plan when they I'm assuming they're probably paying him a decent base uh, pay on on top of uh, the chance to win a million bucks. So I'm yeah, sure this well, is not what they planned. When when I interviewed him right before he started his PFL career, he said that they had pitched to him like the concept of being partners, not being like him working for them to think of it as a partnership. He'd help them build their brand, and they'd help him build their brand, and like. You know, not for anything, and I don't want to disparage the guy, but, like, have you ever heard of the dude who beat him? Like, even me, who's, like, you know, I watch a lot of MMA. Like, I I virtually never heard of this guy other than, if I'm not mistaken, he's the guy who didn't want to fight his friend a um, a, a few events ago. So they canceled it. They wound up canceling his fight. He he was supposed to like step in on short notice and fight um, Nathan Schultz, um, who's like his best friend. And that fight wound up getting canceled because they like rebooked Schultz's fight with somebody else. Um, so like the only reason I had heard the name before uh, Roush Manfio was because of that. And like because he like he had come off of a loss to like Sydney Outlaw. And, like, Matt Frivola beat the shit out of him, and, like, he didn't get into the Ultimate Fighter house way back when, and, like, he, he, it, it's just crazy to me that this is the guy beating Pettis now. I, I have to wonder if, like, do, do you think Pettis is spent, or do you think this was the result of him being in a situation where his first loss made it so that he couldn't be in the playoffs, and it was, like, a lack of motivation? What did his first loss? I don't think his first loss would have taken him out of the playoffs. It, that it, so four it, people make it. it wouldn't have taken him out of the playoffs, except for it, he would have had to go in and finish this guy in like the first or second round. So okay, like, yeah, if, yeah. If, if you have to finish a guy in the first round and then you don't get it, how do you look in the second and third round? Yeah, you know, no, I, I think and that's where he lost yeah. it. I think the main issue with him is he really his game has not evolved at all since since he peaked winning the uh, winning the UFC championship. He really is the same fighter as he was back then. I think yeah. that's the issue there. And a step slower, probably. Yeah, he's 34 now too, which doesn't help. So, um, yeah, so not what they're not what they had planned. I'm sure uh, when they signed him. So he is not making it. Didn't make it through to the playoffs. Uh, Breezier Verdum didn't make it through. Um, a lot of big name guys did not uh, make it. Um, Make it into the into the final four. Rory McDonald sneaked through just, despite losing um, his last fight. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't lose that. He didn't lose that. No, I know. <laughs> uh, Olivier Aubon Mercier didn't make it. So a lot of UFC guys are, are had a tough go at it here. Didn't make it. Uh, didn't make it through. So anyhow, um, did you watch Bellator? I I tuned in for um, just the last two fights. I, I tuned in to watch Liz Carmouche because uh, I low key really love Liz Carmouche. Um, and then I watched the heavyweight main event. Uh, Moldenovsky beat Tim, uh, the Bear Johnson. And then I, like, caught some of the replays of some of the prelims. I wanted, like, I went and saw, like, did any of these end excitingly? Um, so I went and looked a little bit at Sydney Outlaw's win over Miles Jury. Um, who was the, damn, what was the name? Jalen Bates is the pr- pr- uh, prospect that I really liked off of this. He looked good. Um I saw that Soren Bach won, who I, I like Soren Bach, and I like Christian Edwards. I saw they won, but I didn't go back and watch them. So uh, I was slacking a little bit. I've, I've been slacking lately. 
Hey, that's okay. Um, did you watch Cage Warriors? They had an event too. They had. They did not have an event. They had two events. No, keep on. Three? They really? come on, I, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I, I heard. I heard they they crowned what two Irish champs or something, but I didn't know they had it, that many events. It was it was. Uh, they called it the trilogy. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so they they had a, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, so I I'll be honest, I did not catch uh, Cage Warriors one twenty three, one twenty four, and one twenty five. All wow, that would have been a little bit too aggressive. Uh, I did catch. Uh, little bits and pieces. I did catch uh, the aforementioned Irish champion uh, taking his belt home, Ian Geary. Um, I, I was very surprised because I like Jack Grant. I thought Jack Grant was going to look good. Uh, I also watched Gerardo Fanny win by flying knee, which if you guys don't go back and, and watch highlights and stuff, go watch that dude because he's super fun and he's Dutch um, and a lot of fun to watch. So I watched that one, um, and then I watched a couple of the ones on Thursday, but only, like, the very beginning of the card. So, like, nobody of real notable name just was, like, looking to see some fun fights. And I think the first four fights on that card, which is when I turned it off and couldn't keep watching, all ended by finish, which was kind of fun. You you claim that you didn't watch it, but then you just name a whole bunch of it. Well, no, I, did, I didn't watch the you... whole thing. I watched the first, like I said, <laughs> the first four uh, because I couldn't watch the whole thing. I, I'm not. I'm not that crazy. I, you know, I, yeah, I watch. I watch uh, what I can when I can watch it. I don't know. So, but what are we gonna? Oh, I, I, there's no events next weekend because you guys have your stupid Fourth of July next weekend, no, don't you? No, so no, 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 no. That's nothing to talk about. There's still events. Come on, you you gotta oh, know fine. that I. Titan. I, Titan FC LFA, right? Yeah, there's Titan FC and LFA, which are literally the Probably with the exception of, um, no, those are probably my the two best regional promotions, right? LFA and, and Titan, CFFC yeah. in North America, yeah. CFFC, which they have is, one too, I think, and they also have an event, yeah. In um, yeah. I think they got a guy, if I'm not mistaken, defending his title who was on um, the Contender Series, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but um, I thought they had a contender series guy fighting, but maybe I'm thinking LFA. Well, Dan's going to break down all these fights for you guys next <laughs> next weekend because yeah. you need something to, to you, you you can bet on all these fights. So do you, do you, you think maybe maybe I'll have you bet on some are, of them? So. Are there sports books that have odds on LFA? Oh yeah. Oh, we're gonna have to. Yeah, I think you're so. gonna have to show I, I think me. I've seen. You're gonna have to I've show me that. some of those. Doesn't <laughs> uh, best best fight odds? Doesn't that list uh, LFA odds. Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking. I just Googled it. Yeah, there's... I don't know if any of these uh, places um, sponsor us, so I won't say <laughs> it, but yes. <laughs> you, you, you can bet on LFA, so maybe we'll uh, have you break down some of the fights in LFA, right. and um, we'll, we'll find some ridiculous things to talk about, I'm sure. There's some good um, odds usually on good. LFA fights. You, you can find some real sleeper underdogs there. Yeah, I, I would think you would just because there's not a whole lot of sharps on there, right. you know, uh, adjusting the lines for you, right? Right, exactly. And, and so it's like where the the books opened it, and a lot of times that's that's really based off a record. So, like, and, yeah. and we all know guys who've been beating cans um, yeah. senselessly and, and who are going to run into, like, a good wrestler or something. Yep. 
Very good. All right. Well, there we go. Now, now we have topics now. You guys can come back for episode 51, 52, and we'll uh, break off the next 50 uh, in style. So I think that's all we really uh, need to give you. This is free after all. What, what do you what do you people want from us? Do you think we need, we deserve do you deserve anything else from us this, this episode, Dan, or do you think we can tell them to get lost out? I, I think you can put it to bed. All right. Let's put it to bed. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer and Gumby Vreeland. Download the SGPN app. Hmm, what else should you do? Read our stuff on sportsgamblingpodcast.com and mma-manifesto.com. Uh, subscribe to MMA Gambling Podcast. Subscribe to our feed there. And if you want to give us a rating and review, that would be great. Um, I think that's it. So uh, I'm going to put it to bed. And I'm going to tell you all to get lost.